All right, we're uh, back with another one of these uh, bonus episodes. So if you guys were following along, uh, when I was off for two weeks or so, not two weeks, two months for, uh, you know, uh, quarantine, I wanted to stay busy and I was doing, uh, calling a bunch of friends and getting uh, bonus episodes. So this is, you know, another one of those because so far people like those a lot and I wanted to make it like a monthly thing, but so far I'm doing it maybe a bi-monthly thing, but <laughs> it's all scheduling on my part. So um, I have with me uh, an old friend of mine. I kind of... We reconnected on Facebook, and I have been following uh, some of the cool shit that he's been doing, but uh, my friend uh, Aaron Racine, say hi. <laughs> hey, how's it going, everyone? Uh, you know, I never said your last name. Did I say it correctly? <laughs> you said it 100% right. I've gotten racing, Racine, Reckon. You you said it absolutely perfect. Yeah, you nailed it. Back, uh, so we went on tour together uh, probably back in like 2014, 2015. Yeah. I, I filled in for a bass for a band. Like with like a week's notice, and then we just went, you know, the West Coast up and down out of <laughs> like yeah, an old was... van. It was fun as fuck. Yeah, and you know what's funny is that old Dodge. I'm pretty much in the exact same one, just five years newer. It's really similar to that one. That thing was a bus. <laughs> was like oh a... my gosh! Yeah, unfortunately, you know, uh, on. The DMV website, or on California's uh, DMV website, you can look up the smog history of vehicles just by punching in the license plate, just so you don't get screwed by someone when you're buying it. Mm -hmm. And I saw a picture of it on our old uh, band page on Facebook, and I saw the license plate, and I ran it for fun, and it failed smog like three times in a row, so (laughs) (laughs) that thing's way fucking retired. (laughs) But yeah, we uh, you're... Um, old band was Communist Katie, and yeah. uh, it was a three-piece band. Um, I filled in for a five-piece band, and we kind of just all jumped, shared a dr- or shared a drum set and a couple of the rig, and then we just jumped into a van and just were gone for like a week and a half. God, it was so long ago. It almost feels like a dream, man. It was so yes. it was so fun. It's like oh yeah, <laughs> I miss touring so much. There's nothing like uh, eating nothing but Seven Eleven and showering outside with a hose. Yeah, and then just like everybody's sleeping in the van, people sleeping outside <laughs> it's under like, the van for shade. <laughs> so dangerous, and you're like <laughs> ah, it's, it's it puts hair on your chest. Oh, it's, it's good yeah. for you. Yeah, I, I I love that. It was like. <laughs> I think I'm like, just think about it. I'm like, oh man, we slept in that thing. It was like, what, eight of us, I think? Or Yeah. yeah it was just like, and, that thing was so and, much fun. Yeah. <laughs> and that van was a freaking death trap too. We had it so overloaded. We had like, we had Ryan and I, uh, Ryan was the bassist and lead singer in the band. We had gone to a junkyard and gotten all the rear seats from a bunch of Ford F-150, or no, E-150s mm-hmm. uh, vans. And we had loaded like three of them in there, so it had massive bench seats in there, and it, oh, it was so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I kind of reconnected with you on Facebook, and um, what I saw that you a project that you've been working on looks like uh, we'll go go into it, I guess. But the, what the past year or so, you've bought another van and yes. you've converted it, like you've like legit gone through like a. I don't know, like a whole process of like gutting it out and making it like a recording studio, kind of like almost yeah. like a portable studio with like you could even sleep in there. It looks like I've been mean, like, you gotta, uh, I actually, uh, I live in here full time. Oh, shit. There you go. Yeah. So basically, what happened is like I've had a couple different versions of trying to live nomadically full time where like 
I tried building a tiny house and I had like a flatbed trailer and I was like welding it together, but I ended up dropping that because it's super hard to find anywhere to park one. Mm-hmm. Had like a mini 1990 Toyota pickup that I had like a little camper in. Mm-hmm. And then I, for like two and a half years, I was living in a guy's backyard and just like a hitch up 1990s piece of junk trailer to mm-hmm. kind of put my foot in the door to mobile living. I saw a documentary called Without Bound that's all about living in a van and like a month later I was I bought a Dodge van, spent half a year converting it and then March 16th I finished it, March 17th coronavirus hit and I moved in. Oh damn, there you go. Yeah. Cuz I've I mean I've totally like seen, you know, the Instagram, you know, uh, profiles, seen it on like YouTube, shit like that, of like people yeah. converting vans into like living. And it's like the whole small living kind of thing. And I'm like, hashtag van life. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I know even, um, you know, Kyle's wife, you know, they, they're, they you know, living in a house and stuff like that. But it's like, oh, it'd be cool to get one just to like kind of go on like vacationing or even just like, I know that's a big one of just like, you're not in one spot. You're kind of yeah. go wherever the hell you want. And being, you know, California, the weather's, you know, way nicer than say like, you know, Maine or something like that. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And like having it during the coronavirus has been freaking amazing. Cause like you don't want to stay at like a hotel or an Airbnb because you have no idea if anybody gives a shit about sanitizing it. So like, yeah, it just feels super safe. And like everything I could ever want for is in here. So it it's really rad. I love it. Yeah, and then uh, you're able to go wherever. Really, it's like uh, you know, if you're like, oh, I want to get away from people, you just yeah, all right, start it up and fucking go. Yeah, like just um, I think it was like maybe two months or three months ago, I just decided, hey, I'm just gonna go out to Highway One, right around like Santa Cruz's area, and then point it south and see where I end up. And I ended up in San Luis Obispo, and just like sleeping in like a Denny's parking lot or falling asleep on the beach. And then like, just, yeah, just anywhere I want to go on a whim and all it costs me is gas money. Yeah, totally. And it's like, uh, it's like kind of like the talking back to like tour life, but you're in a way nicer van (laughs) and not with eight other people. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's a lot nicer than the other van was. Some people just don't want to shower or like, (laughs) was it? Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, Everybody loved, like a lot of those kids loved smoking. That was like the big thing. I'm like, God damn it. (laughs) I totally forgot about that. Yeah. And one guy just like smelled like ass the entire time. Or it's like, I, I think he was just like, he just didn't buy or didn't bring anything. I think most of his stuff was in a in, in a Cheez Its box. Like he had his weed, I think some pills, and his like little glass piece was in a Cheez Its box. God, we were idiots what we were doing. I have no uh, idea that. Uh, I oh, loved that's it. awesome. And yeah, it was so much fun. I was I was definitely like the poser of the bunch because I'm like, oh, I'm here on my vacation from work and I'm getting no I'm way, getting, dude. I'm getting paid. And they're like, wait, you got paid? Yeah, direct deposit today. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, I'll buy you lunch, bro. I'll, no, no problem. I got no problem. Yeah, we never made money on tour. It, it was always tourcation. That's how it always was. But it was worth it. Uh, it was so much fun. Yeah, it definitely like gives you the bug of like, oh man, I love just and like the shows that were good were like it just like made up for the ones that were shitty. A hundred percent. Like going to like Boise or whatever, and then playing to each other because all the other bands just like hung out <laughs> outside. The dick move. They. 
they have the touring bands and then they're like, yeah. no, let's just go outside. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot about all that. It has been so freaking long. Oh, uh, I remember that. And I was, it was, it was like, it's funny because it's still funny. <laughs> Fun as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like how you said, being in a van full time is akin to being on tour. It does feel like I'm on tour all the time. And I mean, like, I literally sleep next to my guitar, bass, and MIDI keyboard every night next to the toolbox I use to build the thing. Like, it's super surreal every day I wake up. It's like, this is what I built with my own two hands. And like, having the whole recording set up in here, it's just like, anytime I have like inspiration to write a song, I just flick it on and start recording. Yeah. And then also, like, uh, it was you and Ryan actually have like experience with like, you know, you know your mechanic experience car your experience so you can kind of like troubleshoot things which on the yeah. tour on the tour you did it was like a, a fixed daily fixer <laughs> that yeah van. Uh, well, so it's like you got well the it tools. is a dodge yeah. Do- yeah. dodges are really good at breaking down <laughs> <laughs> yeah ryan's uh ryan's dad owns a classic car repair shop and we would actually practice with the band inside the classic car repair shop so Ryan pretty much was born with a tool set in his hand. And uh, I think I was like maybe 10 or 11 years old. And my dad got me like one of those little pull start mini bikes like you in the movie Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, he handed me like a little like tiny craftsman set and said, figure it out. You got to take care of it. And like ever since then, I was wrenching on stuff to the point where like Three years ago, I was uh, running a Honda KTM Ducati uh, motorcycle dealership's repair section for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And that, like, I learned so much from a master tech there, and that definitely gave me the skills to build this van out because I learned how to do stuff at a dealer level, which, like, it can't look wrong and it can't break. You have to do it, right? Yeah. Which, like, (laughs) it really taught me, like, a really strong work ethic and, like, having a lot of pride in like what you do and what you build, like do it right or don't do it at all. Yeah. Like, and give you, you the gumption, you know, to do something. Cause I mean, even just like the van that we toured in, it's like, you guys had to fix it. We had to get home. We had to do this. And you guys are just like, well, we have it and we have a certain budget. Let's fucking do it. Let's get this van and tour and stuff like that. And that's what you're doing now. And it's fucking sick. Um, Thanks. Yeah. I was like, like I was saying, I think I said off air, I was like, oh, I'm just like creeping on your page and looking at your page of <laughs> the process. I'm like, dude, that is awesome. It's so sick that you're doing it. And then you it, turned it into like a studio as well. Yeah. And you know, like it was crazy because like after I got out of the band, like I, I really went through kind of like a musical regress where like I was just kind of like, oh, like I had so many aspirations of like making like a real like career out of being a touring band and all that it didn't work out the way i thought it would and like when the coronavirus hit i moved into the van and i was living in the trailer at that old place at the time but it already put in my 30 days so i pulled the van into my mom's driveway in palo alto Mm -hmm. and i was hanging out there and she was renting to this kid named alex and alex is this just He's like this young kid, like in his 20s, and he's just a killer drummer. And he had just bought all this recording gear, and he had no idea what he was doing in any way, shape, or form. And so I ended up kind of giving him a hand. And like at the time, if I'm being honest, I was getting ready to sell all my gear, my guitars, everything, total pull away from music. And then 
he gave me that inspiration. I was like, oh, this is super fun. And I found that recording class I'm taking and I've been just like 100% back into it. Like, so coronavirus actually turned out to be a great thing for me. Yeah, giving you the time and, you know, like that little, I don't know, it's like lightning in a bottle. That happened, that happened, that happened. And you're like, oh, now I can make make this, you know, take my time for, for my craft. Because you were recording a lot of stuff as well, like for uh, your guys is like, you did like an EP and you guys, you you know, engineered it yourselves, right? You yeah, were doing we, demos and stuff like that. Yeah, we record. Like I've been recording since like 2000 and like eight ish, and like it was all self-taught from like YouTube videos and buying old RCA handbooks and building. Like I built like a Marshall JCM 800 2204 clone. Yeah. at one point from a kit and all this, and like I just had like a lot of passion for how things worked, and then. I could never just get to that like pro level of recording and uh, Alex gave me that inspiration to get back into recording and I ended up YouTubing some recording software. Um, I think it's um, it's like Sonarworks. It's like a reference software for like checking for uh, like the frequency balance of your room. Like oh, where do you yeah, have yeah. Like, like dead spots or where do you have like standing waves and all that. Mm-hmm. And there's this crazy Russian dude named Andrew Zeleno and he was reviewing it and in the review he was like gives like a pitch for his class says you can take a free trial of it and I took the trial and like even after the trial class I was mixing better than I had ever done before and I was like oh my gosh I have to take this class and I just signed up and been doing it since April and like I'm floored by it I absolutely love it and oh, it's been yeah. like it's been like so nice to have something that's like consistent during this pandemic because everything's changing like every freaking day and like just to have something where every monday thursday at 5 20 for three hours i'm totally pulled into like what's the harmonic balance of this uh compressor and what does this eq do and like it just sucks you out of the world it's been really good for my mental health no totally i'm i'm definitely in the same like boat where i like I'm a kind of a creature of habit. People kind of think of like, oh, if you're creative, you know, you aren't you like, you know, all over the place and zany free spirit. I'm like, yeah, some people are like that. I like to like have, you know, somewhat of a, you know, regimented, like I'm like, I know, you know, for work, I'm like, these are my days off. At least like sometimes working retail, you get a week's you know advance and you kind of know what you're yeah. playing out your week. And I'm like, okay. I got my chiropractor, you know, going to my chiropractor every other Monday, but we have, you know, podcast recording on Thursdays at six and band practice on Wednesdays at six 30. You know, it's a, I like having my, that schedule kind of, and then like a hundred percent that, I mean, yeah, it totally flipped the lid when, you know, coronavirus started and then my job, like I was out for like two months. I was like, and it was just, you know, like with everything. I mean, a lot of people are in the same boat where they're like, we yeah, don't know when I was out you're for, going uh, back. Yeah. <laughs> I was out for three and a half months, so I feel you on that, where you're just like kind of sitting there with your dick in your hand and you're yeah. like, well, what the what the <laughs> yeah. what the fuck's gonna happen? Yeah, like well, what's well, what's next? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been working as a uh a coffee roaster at this little coffee shop mm-hmm. in Redwood City called Connoisseur Coffee, and I'd been like hand roasting for like a year and a half at that point. Yeah. And like I was like, is this shop gonna be open still? Am I gonna have a job? Like do I need to look for a totally new career? Yeah. And like, yeah, like just like having that like 
baseline schedule, like you said, something that's just like regimented where, you know, like today, this is what's happening. Having that pulled out from under your feet, it's nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. And there's, I mean, there's like tons, I mean, no shit, obviously, but uh, tons of people that still don't have that. And I even think of like in, you know, our kind of like music genre that we like music and stuff like that. There's a lot of people who are career, career musicians that they're not, you know, they have no idea when shit's going to yeah. work again. I feel so bad for them. And like also for anybody who's in like the restaurant bartending serving industry. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like, cause if you're getting unemployment, if you're lucky enough to get unemployment, it's based off of your minimum wage. And a lot of those servers and bartenders, they don't report their tips because it's cash. So they're getting paid like on their minimum wage of their four hour shifts three times a week. And so like they're not making anything right now. So I don't even know how they're making ends meet with this. It's got to be so stressful. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's wild. <laughs> it's yeah. my, my shitty take on it. It's wild, man. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but to make it bring it to lighter stuff, lighter stuff. This show's about having fun here. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you had mentioned that you you know quit music for not you know lack of a better phrase you know stop playing music for a little while. Um, your like has your taste in music and what you're playing now has that changed? Because when I when we were playing together, it was like we were all kind of like fans of pop punk. And, you know, like, uh, you guys are very big on, like, the Fat Records bands and, like, Alkaline Trio and stuff yeah. like that. It's like, are, is that kind of what you're playing nowadays, or are you kind of just, like, whatever's clever? You know, there's still a lot of heavy pop punk influence mm-hmm. in my music, for sure. Like, I would say, like, the number one influence that I still like, because I don't listen to a whole lot of punk anymore these days. The only one that, like, I turn on and I still go, fuck, that's amazing is Milo Goes to College. Mm-hmm. I could listen to that album a billion times and never be sick of it. And, like, I really have a lot of that, like, almost, like, fast Beach Boysy kind of feel to my music a lot of the time. Like, a lot of, like... Like, melodies do... and harmonies for days. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, it's just kind of like in the Descendants documentary filmage where it was, like, everybody else was, like who was in a punk band in the 80s was like yelling about Reagan or some crap about politics but like the descendants were the first to be like she doesn't love me I'm a dork yeah, and yeah. like <laughs> and like that still just rings so true to me where like when I feel like uncertain or I don't know what's going on like that music is so comforting to me and like I I just kind of write whatever comes to mind and it's a lot slower now it's not like a lot of fast stuff but honestly like I'm not writing as much as I am just trying to get really good at recording. Mm -hmm. So I don't put a whole lot of stock into the songwriting at this moment as much as it's like, how can I get this snare to sound killer? How can I get this guitar to come through the mix? How can I make the vocals sound present? Yeah, totally. And I mean, yeah, I guess I we kind of strayed away from that. So you started taking this online course and in what... I guess like seeing the YouTube video and you're like kind of like, yeah, I'll give it a free, you know, a free trial, free shot at this. It's not, what do I have to lose except for, you know, some of my time. But yeah. what, you know, why did you actually end up going into, because I, I say this and I ask this because I have never taken an online course for anything in regards to recording. I've just been fucking around and sometimes just like falling down the stairs and landing on my feet sometimes. Like I've made, I've a lot of mistakes and people tell me don't do that. And kind of like, you know, the spray bottle, you know, with the, you know, like a dog or a cat or something like, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And you know, like 
I had the exact same experience where it was like going on gear sluts and reading tape op and like mm-hmm. trying to teach myself as much as I can. But like there, there was a point where I kind of went through a little bit of an existential crisis and long story short, I got really into philosophy and deductive reasoning. And when I took Andrew's class, it was scientific. It wasn't like, like, you know how, like, when people talk about tone, it can just kind of be, like, a bunch of, like, folk art bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. like, it's like, oh, it sounds warm and gooey and, like, it has a crunch to it. And it's like, well, what, <laughs> what, it, how can you quantify that? How can you measure totally. crunch? Totally. It, it's just, how, it's just bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, anybody can sound like they know what they're talking about, but the true ones actually do. And this guy's got, like, 15 years of, like, training himself on SSL boards. He got uh, awards for technical standards in Russia when he was working out there. He's taught uh, a bunch of classes. He's um, actually been asked by a bunch of plugin companies to review their plugins to say, like, how well does this match, like, an SSL G board, like Brainworks or a soft tube or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Or, like, you know, comparing it to, like, an actual, like, you know, 76 compressor or something like that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like, he shows us, like he uses like uh, a harmonic um, analyzer and shows, he like does these tests with like white noise and pink noise and says like, Oh, on this plugin, it pushes the second and third harmonic uh, and then has a slope of harmonics at the end. Whereas on the real SSL board, it wouldn't be, totally just boosting second and third you'd have a slight arch but it'd be dynamic Mm -hmm. where the color changes and like he's giving us basically all his experience over the years as well as showing the techniques that he's used and just from the first class he just blew me away with uh what he was doing and to give you an idea of like the intensity we spent two and a half months just on volume control and compression oh damn see like that's awesome because I don't know. I, I am definitely one. I speak for myself. I'm like super pig headed when it comes to like, you know, I don't know, a lot of things, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 it takes a lot to drop the ego at yeah. times. Like, and, and I, yeah, I guess I say that because I'm like, when it comes to mixing, I think I was texting with you earlier. I'm like, I'm finally now learning a little bit about mixing because for the, for, for years, it was just like, I would just get the tracks to sound good, record them, and then I would pay, you know, somebody to mix them for our band. And yeah. now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I, I didn't care if my demos sounded like shit because I was just sharing them with the band. Like these are totally. the ideas. What you know, even the blast tracks. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to mix it because fuck it, I'm gonna have Jeff Forrest do it, which he does a great job, by the way. But I still am now doing a, a thing where. Uh, for the podcast and YouTube channel and stuff like that. I'm doing demos. I'm doing videos where I'm making songs to demo like a product, like a pedal or something like that. Or an, I, what, I'm conveying it through song and I had to get better at recording. I had to get better yeah. at... Um, and, you know, throughout that, I've I've utilized what I've had in the past as far as like tracking. A uh, buddy of mine, uh, Sean Tolley, he's a local guy here. Um, I had him like kind of... We were just kind of fucking around... Um, and I was, he was like mixing something or I don't know what it is, but he saw my Pro Tools session. He's like, wow, these are all really hot. <laughs> mm, <laughs> Everything yeah. is so close to peaking. Wow, man. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but nothing's clipping. He's like, you're lucky. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, we just went over that in class. He's like negative 18 dB has been the standard for preamps, but you can push them a little harder. You can push them a little mm-hmm. bit less hot. Oh, and like I, I was going right like those things were gigantic. <laughs> I was doing the exact same thing, like where I was like, oh, I just need to get it absolutely as loud as freaking possible well, because yeah, then, and then you can. <laughs> but yeah, then it's oversaturated and it sounds like crap mm-hmm. because you don't know what you're doing. And I yeah, I, I never knew that. And then uh, he told me it's like yeah, keep it at you know hotter than negative twelve. And I'm like, wow, that's way lower than what I was doing. And he's like, yep. And then ever since then, I've kept that, and that's way better. And then yeah. uh, you know, just just pe- when people tell me like d- straight up, I'm like a sponge and, and like a parrot. I'm like, yep, that's exactly what I'm gonna do the whole time. And then it's it's so far it's been good. So the more and more I'm ex- I'm exposed to it, and then people have like telling like less tracks, uh, older stuff that we've done. I've I've been just like. I don't know, fucking 10 guitar tracks, fucking, tw- you know, 18 vocal tracks, 15, and like, and then like p- mixing it, the guy's like, fuck, man. And then it's just a, a bore. And then, so now I'm like, okay, when I'm doing these song demos and stuff like that, um, I'm just doing four total instrument tracks plus drums. So bass, two rhythm guitars, one lead, that's it. And I've been... That's, what else do you need? Exactly. You really don't need anything more than that. Like, and I, like... The way you said, like, you had your uh, buddy saying, like, mix it at negative 12, and you're like, wow, that's an instant result. Every single class that I've had with him since the beginning in April, every day I'm like, wow, that's better. Wow, that's better. Mm -hmm. Holy crap, I should have never done that. Oh, my (laughs) gosh, that's brilliant. Like, And it's, like, to the point where, like, I don't even read tape up. I don't go on YouTube. I don't look at anyone else's stuff because he's just so thorough in it to the point where like as an example of like how intricate he is you know how on most DAWs you can either um do a real-time export or it exports in the background yeah so he shows that a real-time export is totally different he did a real-time export of him talking and then he did the quick export he put them on two separate tracks flipped the phase on one and you could hear them uh, cutting in and out from each other because they're not exactly the same. Oh fuck! Okay, I just yeah, lo- like I, I just love that Pro Tools added that option, so I do it all the time. Because if I had to, yeah. if I had to edit the podcast, I'm like, if I had to sit there for an hour and a half, I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, but like he shows how like it actually can make it sound better because you can get artifacting when you don't uh, do real time exporting. Oh damn! Like yeah. That's that's the level that he's at. But like on a podcast, like who cares if you have like a like tiny little bit of artifacting? I, I agree with you on the time on it. But he's like he's just got so much experience where he's mixed major artists. He he's telling us like the difference between different ten seventy three Neve preamps based on the different transformers they had in them, and it's yeah. like. None of us, like, at-home dorks are ever gonna, like, have the experience of playing with, like, those massive Neve boards and SSLs and, like, knowing the intricacies between a GE 9000J, like... Yeah. And he he's giving you literally all of that where we're writing down the notes on it. So, like, if you were to walk into a studio, you wouldn't really know what you're doing, but you'd have a lot better idea than you would just going in completely blank on your own. Oh, yeah, you know, from from the get-go, and he kind of, like, breaks it down. If you're getting, like, I don't know, um, if you're getting something out of it so quickly and if he's able to, like, speak to you, that's I think that's, like, one of the biggest things because somebody can, like, talk to you about, like, you know, okay, for them, they're, like, feel like they're conveying, like, 
something about like, oh, they're recording this process or whatever. But if it's like going over your, you know, going over your head, you're like, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm just like kind of yeah. a part of this now. But if he's speaking to you and you're like, oh, fuck, I understand that he's talking to me in a language I understand and I can get something out of this and it's sticking in my brain. That's like really important. And he really has to work on conveying it to us because his first uh, language is Russian. Yeah. So he doesn't have like the best grammar. So he'll have to like re-explain things like five, six times, but he always makes it super, super clear that you understand it. And like, if you ask a question in the class, he will give you the straight answer. Also, like, it's hilarious because like, there was one time where a kid wasn't paying attention in class and like he does not have the California participation trophy gold star teaching style yeah. that like <laughs> drives me absolutely mad. Like yeah. he kicked a he kicked a kid out of the class. Like it was freaking hilarious. He's like, if you are not going to pay attention to my class, then we get rid of you. Yeah. And just like <laughs> kicks the kid out immediately. So it's like if you're taking it seriously, he takes you seriously. Yeah, and I love like that. the best part to me in the classes, like we'll do like a compression topic or dynamics where in dynamics, we focused really hard on gating and compression. And then you can either use an example song that he provides, or you can use um, your own song and you mix it and everything. And we do it in Cubase. Then you send him 20 to 30 seconds of your song, a part you're having trouble with. Mm -hmm. And he mixes it in front of the entire class and tells you, this is wrong. Don't do that. You need to do this. This is how I would bust it. And it's like, it's great because you instantly hear your own material sound better than you can do it. And you see how to do it. And that's just like eye opening beyond belief. Like it's just a slap in the face of like, oh my gosh, for years, I've just been like doing it so backwards. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm definitely guilty of that, of like not really utilizing my plugins or really caring that much about, uh, you know, as far as panning and levels and stuff like that, because I've never, I've always just like, here's my waves. Let's do it. I'm going to like hang out and on, be on Instagram while I pay Jeff to do it. <laughs> Which, yeah. And I, I was the exact same way. And like when I, like my main DAW that I use is a uh, Personis's studio one. Mm -hmm. And I thought like, Oh, compressors, a compressors, a compressor, whatever. Like they may be a little bit different, but if I just tune the stock compressor on Personis's uh, DAW, it'll be the same thing. Who cares? And like, that is so freaking wrong. That's like saying a Les Paul can get every guitar tone you ever want. Yeah. And that's like completely impossible. But like, <laughs> it'll, the it'll way get he... close enough that you're okay. You're, you can lie to yourself. Yeah, exactly. And like, the way that he's shown us, like, gosh like an 1176 compared to an LA2A compared to like any of the major like just big name brand compressors they're so vastly different mm -hmm. from each other and like it it's not like I said it's not folk art bullshit he's literally showing yeah. you frequency meters and actually saying like here check this out if you put the waves 1176 that one has this fizzy high-end noise that brings out a lot of sibilances and then if you use the um the universal audio one that one's going to be a lot warmer but then if you're setting it at 30 milliseconds on one it's actually 10 milliseconds on the other because they didn't emulate it correctly yeah <laughs> and on the real one it's this like it's, it's all, amazing it's, it's all that nerdy stuff that you're like i want to learn that and then he's 
not giving you the you know the rigmarole you know the you know give me the you know give me the real stuff i i like that because it's like i've had friends who are like you know they they're just starting out recording and they're wondering about how to record guitar i'm like and then they're like i don't know how and i'm like here this is one thing you need to learn because i found out the hard way that somebody just told me like that i was like i luckily didn't make any mistakes and i was just you know told them like the whole like input you know recording meter I'm like, just keep it at negative 12, never go to negative six, and negative 18 is kind of the lowest you want to go. And they're like, man, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> because I told, and- them, I told them, this is what you do. Just, that's it. And they're like, wow, that sounds so much better. If you go any hotter, you're going to risk clipping. Yeah. And you know, like, I'm 100% guilty of going around with that exact same level of confidence, giving 100% the wrong information. Yeah, I, so, I, I, like, I think so far I'll, I'll, I'll give people like safe information that I've learned. I'm like, I can tell them negative 12, just right there is good. And then like when people ask about like starting a podcast, they're like, well, what do I need? I'm like, just get a field recorder and SM58s. You're fine. You'll never yeah. need anything. You Even if you got two mics, get a 57 and a 58 and put like the little foam things over it. You're good. That's all you ever yeah. need. The zoom is great. And like, I thought zoom sucked. I'm like, they're good recorders. I don't know. Fuck. They're good enough for yeah, me. And, <laughs> and you know, like in the day and age that we have nowadays, so many interfaces are great right off the bat, whether it's a zoom or like I have a quantum 26, 26 from personas mm-hmm. or you have universal audio or anything like all the preamps are pretty dang good nowadays. And like, and like you said, an SM58 or 57 or like an SM7 for like broadcasting, like yeah. you really can't go wrong with one of those. And like with the clarity of converters that we have nowadays compared to like the early 2000s where like you could have some really bad stuff like Behringer was like making just some awful stuff. And then, then and then now they make right shit. It's like like yeah. a, an industry, industry standard for a, like a mixer is the X32. Everybody's like, yeah, I, that's the best one. I have it at my church. I have it for live. I have it da, 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 my in-ear rig. I'm like, you watch like, you know, Fluff or Rhett Scholl or whatever. And then like, they're like, oh yeah, our in-ear rig is X32. I'm like, Barringer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause we remember back in the day, like you had the, like the ADAT, uh, I can't remember what it was like 24, 24, something like that. Yeah. And like it would, it was like thin and brittle and it had like a bunch of odd harmonics and would sound so shrill. And like nowadays, like. Like most anything you can get your hands on new nowadays is going to be pretty decent. Yeah. If anybody, and I'm sure most people just have and can get a Scarlet, that's probably the best fucking thing you can ever get. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, like that was made by Rupert Neve. Well, I mean, I don't know if he was part of the company still at that point, but. But even just um, like the design of like some of the preamps and the air function and stuff like that. I know that's Rupert Neve. Yeah. Which is emulating, I think, a 1073 if I'm not mistaken but uh you know um since we're kind of at that point uh what's the rig that you have in your you know van studio living quarters there what i mean what do you what do you got going on there what, do you, what are you rocking so i have i've had two m audio bx 5a's uh for my monitors forever so i just keep using them because i'm so used to them. those are like five and five inch monitors right exactly yeah which you don't you don't need class. anything bigger than that <laughs> Uh, no, you know, from the class we've learned, like, you really do need a sub to pair with it. Because, like, if you don't have a sub, you just can't hear the low frequencies and you don't know what's going on. And, like, that's going to be my next investment as a sub for sure, mm-hmm. to be able to hear, like, 
he showed us a bunch about like dirt in low end frequencies of like a microphone for like vocals where like there's just a bunch of room resonance and garbage in the background and like you can't hear it until you boost it but anything that's in that sub frequency is gonna screw with it but that's going off yeah no no yeah out. totally i mean you're, you're you're now talking to me i'm like i i it's been in the back of my head i have hs5s and then because i have a i live in a shoebox kind of tiny it's i guess it's i guess it's <laughs> you, it's big you want a shoebox there you go yeah I, I i say that and that's always my bit and i'm like i'm talking to you i'm like i um yeah i i record in my bedroom it's a small room so i'm like i was always like oh i should get hs eights because that's what everybody has i'm like i don't have any space <laughs> <laughs> and what, I don't even, don't even turn them up that loud. But I'm like, I I saw on YouTube, which is great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, you, do, you turning them up at the lowest volume possible is great because a lot of people listen on cell phones nowadays. If we're being a hundred percent honest with ourselves, like yeah. they're listening to a mix that's been summed down to mono out of a shitty little cell phone speaker. Yeah, and like <laughs> and it's going through you, LTE, and they're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, you need to have as much Fledger Munchen as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you can get it sounding really, really good quietly. I mean, like, that's how Chris Lord Algae does it. He mixes his stuff, like, where they can, like, talk to each other as the song is playing. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, but, I mean, I've been watching YouTube videos where people are saying, oh, get a sub. And everybody says HS5s paired with a sub is the best because it's, like, you're not doing the giant HS8s. And I'm like, oh, man. So now you're telling me, I'm like, ah. Aaron's telling me I, yeah. I should just because I've been thinking about it I should get the sub and I'm like yep Aaron told me that that's it that's on the next purchase <laughs> yeah because like and the teacher has like taught us like some really cool mixing methods like he always recommends mixing in mono because if you mix in mono everything has to be phase coherent with itself if you have it all set right down the middle if you've got two overheads that ain't gelling with each other you're gonna know immediately because they're gonna cancel out oh and damn he taught us one really cool trick for mixing um, really hard panned rock guitar, like how you have two rhythm guitars, like pretty much hard. Oh, yeah, I, I hard right. 100% on each side. Yeah. Yeah. And like um, what he taught us is those will never be mono compatible because like they're so far apart from each other. So the trick is you turn off your left speaker, only listen to your right speaker and mix the right guitar and then dump all those settings over to the left guitar turn off your right speaker, turn on your left one, see how that one sounds, and then you have two mono references without having to mess with your settings in the DAW at all. Oh, damn. There you go. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, there's like... there like I, I like I could go on for hours and hours about what I've learned in that class. I cannot recommend Andrew Zeleno enough. Like, go check out his YouTube channel. He'll blow your freaking mind. Yeah, I'll take, get the links from you, and I'll put them in the link of the description of the... Vi- of uh, Not the video, but of this... Uh, podcast here so everybody can check it out and i will check it out too because <laughs> i feel like yeah. i need a you know definitely need some help in my mixing um because uh one of the videos that i've done recently was one that had a lot of uh maybe like five or maybe four guitar tracks at a time going and mm-hmm. it was a lot reverb delay heavy and i was just getting stuff just like like it was like it sounded too boomy. It sounded like nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing had its own voice, and I really had to go. And I was watching, like Colt Capron. I was watching Warren Hewitt, um, and stuff like that. And just like, basically, five mixing tips to get started. I'm like, oh yeah. fuck! And I, I never even knew about like EQ roll off of like low end. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> no. Or EQ roll off of high end yeah. on a vocal because 
our ears uh, have the illusion, or our brains take the illusion of like when something's far away, it sounds muffled and low end. And then when something's right in front of us, it's got a lot of treble. So you'll have a vocal track that's mono right in the center that's made real bright, nice and strong. Mm -hmm. And then you uh, bus it to an EQ that you roll off a bunch of high end, maybe like 12 dB per octave at like maybe, I don't know, 10K, 8K. And then you mix that in and it gives the voice like a 3D illusion mm-hmm. where it sounds like the reverb is far away and the vocals in front. And that's how you get that like really nice sense of depth to a vocal. And like if you have that on guitar, you're going to be replaying and replaying and replaying all the sharp notes of your guitar in that reverb. And it's just going to sound like shrill garbage. Oh, damn. There you go. But see, I, I mean, I love this because we're just getting off track here. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to you. Oh, we got to we, I mean, th- this is the best part of like a conversation. Like I haven't talked to you in like a, I haven't talked to you probably since the tour. And I'm like, we're just catching up. And I'm like, dude, you're into in recording. I'm into recording. A lot of our listeners are into home recording. And uh, but anyway, so you got your monitors. We we got that covered. You got five five inch monitors. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where we started. Now, on we got, this got a real monitors. All we did is monitors. <laughs> and you want to get a sub eventually, which uh, you're speaking to the choir here. I want to get one too because it just I want to reference that low end. Like once it gets, yeah. I sometimes I, I don't reference low end until it gets to like bounce to my AirPods or whatever, and I'm like, wow, that's just boomy bullshit. Fuck, I gotta fix that, and then you go back. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and like having as many like listening sources as you can. I have a little JBL like Bluetooth speaker, and what I'll do is like I'll flip between my left BX5A and my right BX5A, and like if we're being honest. Even though they might have been made the same day in the same factory, everything has tolerance. So mm-hmm. my right speaker probably sounds different than my left speaker. Yeah. So they're going to have phase cancellation. And I'm in a fucking van. There's definitely phase cancellation fucking everywhere. Totally. In here. <laughs> and like standing waves. So like I'll use my headphones. I'll use my JBL Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. And then it's all going into a Quantum 2626. And then into Studio One, I, I have like a little tiny Blue Max uh, compressor from Personas, but like I really don't use any outboard gear at all. You're just kind of, right rec- yeah. I, um, I'm kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of like afraid of doing that because I'm like, what if I change it and I can't do it differently later? I just want to get the raw good file into my, you know, DAW. <laughs> and so even though uh like wait uh change what i don't understand like if, if i was like oh I, I compress it on the way in or if i like you know eq oh, it on yeah. the way in i'm like ah fuck it and so far yeah, i've the... just been doing guitar but as far as vocals i'm like oh uh, we we have to do vocals for an ep and i think i'm just gonna go i got an sm7 so i think i want to use that we've done uh i have a akg 414 we've used a bunch mm-hmm but I want to see if I can go to SM7 because I think uh, that's, I don't know, industry standard kind of deal. And like, I don't know. We've... Try both. Yeah. Honestly, like try try everything you can. Like throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. I, that's the best method. I think because I've uh, been so used to the 414 that I'm like, it's not always, a, you know, a vocal mic. And then the SM7, we've never actually used for recording. And I'm like, I'm so comfortable with it. I'm using it now for the broadcast. And that's because it's like the Joe Rogan mic, you know? <laughs> But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I'm like, oh, we we sing into dyna- to dynamic mics for the band. I'm like, we should be able to do that anyway. I want just pretty much go into that cloud lifter into the Apollo here and just like 
I think I want to do that, but I also have the ability on the Apollo to use their plugins. I'm like, oh, should I use some of the plugins to go? And I'm like, ah, I'm too scared. <laughs> I, you know, the teacher used to like mix in with compression and all that, but now like, and he used to use like, like I said, grew up on like SSL boards and all that stuff. And he's like, he pretty much just goes straight in nowadays because he said that like, you like analog gear is really great and all that, and you can mix it in with a little compression and all that. But like you said, like you and I do not have the experience to know if we're setting the attack right or anything totally. like that. And you can definitely lose a performance if you compress something like shit. And I and I, and I, I so, can't like I mean I to, I totally can because I'm not like running a studio. I, I would call Kyle and be like, hey, yeah, I fucked that up. Come back and do it again. <laughs> Yeah, or, but if you're, like, yeah. renting a studio and you're, like, trying to fuck around with some 1073 setting the preamp nice and hot because you think you're getting saturation when really you're overdriving the shit out of it because yeah. you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you're just getting like, crap fucking takes. Yeah, and, you know, he, like, he's remixed, like, a bunch of major name artists and all that, and he's like, I do everything in the box nowadays because... A plugin's always going to do the same exact thing the next day. Mm -hmm. If you've got some kind of like, if you've got something that's an optical compressor, that's got an optical element in it, element in it that has to be replaced over time. Yeah. And every single day you use it, it's going to change. So two years ago, it sounded crisp and clean. Then it starts sounding just a little bit softer, which may sound good, but... If you're using a plugin, it's gonna give you that result exactly the same every single time because ones and zeros don't give a damn about what's going on; they stay the same. Totally, and that's. And then there's the, you know, the best part of doing some of this digital stuff, is, just pulling up your settings again. <laughs> you save your yeah. you save your presets. I'm like, dude, I love that. I'm so in in that mindset with uh, my fractal. I just pull up my presets and I'm always got the same sound. I'm like, oh, I want my orange that I'm norm uh, I normally get. It, yeah. I'd be careful with that though. The, the the teacher says like you gotta be real careful with presets because like did you set the preamp volume exactly the same as before? Is the guitar just as hot as it was before? Like like it's yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, how, how... yeah, totally. I guess uh for and then this is a crutch here. And you, you know it because you've probably said this before. I'm playing punk rock and rock and roll. So if it's a little different, that's okay. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. And like the, I think we'll all agree that like there's some albums where having every song having pretty much the same tone and very consistent is really nice. Like Green Day's Dookie doesn't sound a whole lot different song to song. They're very, very similar yeah, in tone yeah. and recording and all that. And it's a great consistency. I love that. But then you listen to something like American Idiot and holy shit, so much variation, so much difference in tone between every single song. I know, and it's all the, the, so the great. same band and you get such a huge difference. And it like, it's, uh, I don't know, for different audiences, for sure, that they're like, I like this. Well, I don't like that. Whatever. But it's like, it gives yeah. it gives you something to compare. And yeah, that's... and everything can have a different wipe, you know? Like, something can sound totally grungy and garage band. Something can sound pristine and pop. It's truly whatever you're going for. Because, like, music's truly opinion at the end of the day. If it sounds right to you, it's right. Yeah, exactly. And you want to have those... Um, 
you know, tools in your toolbox to be able to, you know, pull that out and be able to do that. And then also have to have the know-how to be able to get that sound. Cause if somebody says like, Oh, I'm looking for this sound. And if you're like fucking deer in the headlights, you're like as an engineer even, or even like, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm filling in guitar for this band or whatever, you know, and recording yeah. it. You're like, I don't know how to fucking get that. <laughs> you yeah. want, you uh, want, that- you want to learn it, you know? I spent 10 years doing that. And like, I recently went, my dad has a computer repair shop and I had like a little area where I was storing some old equipment and I had no idea that I had this little tiny Western digital 320 gig hard drive and it has all the tour footage I ever took, all the old songs that I ever recorded. I have a hundred old songs and they're all in studio one. So I got to pull them up and I was in tears at the settings I was using on stuff. Uh. I was like, I was like, I had like the quickest attack I could possibly have on a snare. Like, what the hell was I doing? Like, <laughs> I want, it, I want, it, like I, I want the 80s was, sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was going for total 80s. It was like, I had like 0.6 millisecond or something like yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like something that was just absolutely hilarious. And like, I started playing with the songs and I was like, oh, we didn't track them wrong and we didn't play them wrong. I just totally fucked them up. Yeah. And it's it's like part of the, uh, if you didn't make those mistakes, you wouldn't have been able to go back to them. And now they stick in your head even more because you've already experienced what not to do. Kind 100%. Of thing. And uh, like, as far as like music and recording and stuff like that, I think that speaks so much more than, you know, maybe just reading it. Or whatever. And then I know, I mean, even the course yeah. that you're taking, the guy's like speaking from his own experience because he's, I've done this. I've made the mistakes. Don't do that. Or, you know, if you want to fuck around and find out, then you can, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like, it's been really great having that because like, I, I like, I had so much time where I was like, I don't know, I guess so. But seeing him visually show you what's going on and he beats it into our head every day don't do the same thing again. Don't do the same thing again. He's like, any compressor can be used for anything. Yes, an 1176 on all settings, squashed to the moon, is very popular for parallel compression. Yeah. But maybe that's not the right one to use. Maybe you need to use an LA-2A on a snare, even though that's never been used like that before. It's like known always as like, put it on a vocal, set it and forget it. Yeah. Like, Anything and everything can be used for anything, but at the same time, he gives us basically the template of what has been the industry standard, which is just, it's so nice because you can try what he does. Like, it's like the old saying, like, when you know how to follow the rules, then you know how to bend them. Yeah, exactly. If, if you're just constantly breaking the rules, then you're doing what I did, where you smashed a snare at 10 millisecond delay with the longest release where it's literally going into the next transient <laughs> or like, like yeah it's just like you just like slash through the caution tape and just walk through a construction yard i'm like oh wrecking balls are coming past you i'm like i just happened to miss all of them but yeah <laughs> if you happen yeah, to uh, get <laughs> fucked up it would have fucking ruined your day yeah, you're just skating by on as much luck as humanly possible. Yeah. And like, <laughs> there's no skill behind it whatsoever. And you're like, I know what I'm doing. And you've got the construction hat right over your ass. Yeah, like, eventually it's going to run out. And then you're going to be like, you don't know how to get out of it. That's the worst one. When you don't know how to get out of it, that's when you're fucked. And, yeah, uh, and I've had that so many times. And like, there was like, like, I feel pretty bad about like, I, I like, 
recorded with this guy named Jamie Rackett, and he's got his own studio now, I'm pretty sure. And, like, he was a lot like us, where, like, he was really into gear, and he was even soldering together his own preamps. And, like, I had blamed his drum recording for our drums not sounding too great in some demos that we had done. And I looked back at him, and I was like, he knew what he was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) I was mixing it like crap. And it was totally my fault. And, like, that like you said, having that lesson where you see what you've done wrong has just stuck with me to like, never think you got it right. There's always another way. Always try throwing spaghetti at the wall. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, that mindset in in what you have done and what you're doing right now is like, it's awesome because you can always learn. There's a lot of people who are just stuck in their ways. And I say that for myself. I'm like really digging my heels into a lot of things. But as far as recording, I'm, I am, I can say that I'll tell you what I've learned, but I'll, I'm always down to learn more because I know, yeah. I know just like a very like small, minute, like zoom in a hundred thousand percent. That's what I know. And then <laughs> zoom out and then, you know, there's a bigger picture. And, and I think we're probably similar in the sense where you and I were talking about how like, it's really nice to have like a regiment for something where like you have like your work to go to and you know what your days off are or me having my class, yeah, which yeah. gives me that sense of regularity. I think probably you'd agree for both of us. It's really hard to get out of habitual mixing. Yeah. Yeah. That. And then even just to try something new and uh, to try something different. Like, I think that is like a, I mean, with so many people, I think they put up these walls of like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't need to know. I don't fucking need to know. I mean, you really, yeah, yeah you don't need to know because you could pay somebody else to do it. But also I'm like, if you learned how to do so much, if you gave somebody a better, like, you know, session to mix, you know how much stoked they would be as opposed to be like, here's a bunch of my garbage. Can you fix that for me? Here's some money. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And like the fact that, you can have those tools in your arsenal. Like even if you and I never get to a pro level of mixing Mm -hmm. and recording and all that, if like you said, we can get to a point where we can hand a professional engineer something that's like, Oh yeah, we had everything hitting like negative 18 DB on these preamps. I used a 1073 for the drums because I wanted to give it a little bit of saturation and a little like, tiny bit of soft natural compression from the preamp like having that all under our belt to hand off to someone that makes it where um you get a better product and a big change nowadays with home recording that's very different from the way that it used to be is there's only our ears listening to it usually yeah when you're tracking it compared to you had like a recording engineer, then a mixing engineer, and a mastering engineer, and a producer's there for the whole product. And then you got the whole band there and everything. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and drums at one studio, vocals at another. Like, there's a reference track that I always use to try and match no matter what song I'm using because I just love the tone of it, and it's Dua Lipa's Don't Start Now. And that song sounds good on anything. You could fucking hook like a pre or a power amp to a potato and it would sound good (laughs) through that and by using that song um or when i was researching that song once i started using it because we talked about how it's mixed well in the class that like it went through like dua lipa was sent like 
12 different versions of the song to pick on, to sing over. The bass is like three different synths blended together and like five different producers went through it and it went to like a bunch of different studios and like because there were so many ears getting a hold of that song, everyone said, mm, that's not quite right to me. That's not quite right to me. Here's my flavor to it. Yeah. And so I think if the home mixing community can get more and more connected with each other and we just start blasting each other's mixes back and forth your room has problems that my room doesn't and my room has problems yours doesn't yeah and you'll hear things i won't i'll hear things you won't and like some guy has a sub we don't have subs right now like there's so much that we can do with collaboration that gives such a better product than any one individual can do completely on their own well in my humble no 100 percent, and even like the way things are now, it's easier than ever to be collaborative and even just like give opinions on people's like mixes and music and even compositions. Uh, comp- that might be. I a, mean, the- we're podcasting from my freaking van right now. Yeah. This is nuts. <laughs> yeah, I'm at home, and yeah, you're in your van out uh, in California. I'm assuming. Yeah, and- I'm up in um, Redwood City. See, uh, like we're just like we're we're that that apart. It's like this wouldn't have been even in the cards or even like you would think about it like five years ago, you know? No, and not at all. You know, uh, we're doing uh, like I've even, you know, on the podcast I've recorded with people, you know, across the country over in like Massachusetts and people in Canada and like, you know, uh, it's the podcast reaches globally and you know it's like it, it the, it's 2020 baby <laughs> you know yeah. we're, we're, we're doing it it's crazy and it's like the thing is like we can be collaborative in that sense because i'm like um it's also partially finding the right mu- communities like i feel comfortable doing like our own and some of the like the other ones like 60 cycle tone tone mob and stuff like that um mm-hmm. but you can get on like say like you know like you were saying gear sluts where it's like such a big thing everybody's just like oh yeah the fucking sucks this is what i know and it's like okay it could be a curmudgeon from back in the day and then yeah, even exactly even in the guitar world, it's like you know a whole thing. It's like if you say like oh I use a fractal or a helix or something, everybody's like oh. <laughs> yeah. And and like like we were talking about earlier, there is so much folk art understanding mm-hmm. of tone where like like honestly, the only credibility somebody has on the internet is the ability to type or post something. Like beyond that, you have no idea who that person is or like what their background is or what they really know. Or- but that's kind of the fun of it too, because you get to detective through all of it. Oh you don't yeah, know yeah. Who's telling <laughs> bullshit or who's telling the truth, and then you try it at home, see if it works. If it works, then it might be right. Yeah, I mean, it's like with everything on the internet, and like, okay, you take it with a grain of salt. Either it's like something you like. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know anybody who's like that, but there's people who just like read one thing and they believe it. I'm like, okay, cool. That's uh, that's gospel to me. And they hear like an opposing view. All right, that's for me. I'm like, but there probably is people like that, <laughs> you know. I, I work in retail, but I can tell you, there's a whole lot of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I, I work in retail as well, but I'm just always like, oh, uh, my small talk has gotten the best of like, oh man, the weather. You know what? It's crazy, Pfft. right? I I I went out to Reno to visit an old buddy named Rick, and he has a roommate who uh, is a philosophy teacher who used to work. Uh, for his parents as a Toyota mechanic. And when you work as a mechanic, you'll get guys and girls coming in, like just people coming in, that will just like try and tell you what they think is wrong with their vehicle. And they don't know a fucking carburetor from a tire iron. Like, And, the, the, and just... uh, I will say that's me. 
<laughs> yeah. No, no, and Jake, like, yeah. at least you have the humility to say it. Like, oh my gosh, every day at the shop, I got the same thing. But he taught me the best thing you can say where it's like, it's not positive or negative or anything. But if somebody's just like spewing something like, and you just like know it's bullshit, but you don't want to deal with it. Two words. Well put. <laughs> That's all you got to yeah, say. Another one, well an, another one is fair enough. <laughs> yeah. That, that, yeah. Flip side of the same coin. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that where it's like, oh, crazy, crazy. <laughs> yeah, man, well put. Oh, well put. That's awesome. I love that. I, I, I always say like, fair enough. When somebody's like saying something, da, 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 I'm like, oh, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, let's see. I, I, I lo- we were talking about uh, collaboration and uh, I'm actually collaborating you're do, with You're doing a better job of who- hosting this podcast than I am. It's, I like it. What's that? Oh, you're doing a better job of hosting this podcast than I am. Dude, it's teamwork, <laughs> I love man. It. Hey, teamwork well, to make the well dream work. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, man. But uh, <laughs> Crazy. But um, we, uh, my old buddy Brandon, who was originally the lead singer for Communist Katie before Ryan became the singer, he t- went to um, Cogsworth and got um, his audio production uh, degree and all that. And he ended up moving to Maine and he produces a news station in Maine. And he was like an anchor for a little bit and all that. And I told him about the recording class. And now he's going, he's writing songs using like easy drummer and just like putting that all together and sending me his ideas. Then I'm writing my ideas, sending into him. And we have a Google doc that's organizing all the songs. And then like, He'll say, no, that verse is boring. You got to tell a better story. And then he'll send it to me and I'll be like, I love the song, but it's five minutes long and it's not the 80s and we need to shorten it down. Attention spans aren't long anymore. (laughs) And like, it's been super fun. Dude, that that is so fucking sick. Dude. Yeah. And like five years ago, never would have happened. Or, and you wouldn't ever have even thought about it. And like now it's like so easy because like you really, I mean, we've, we're we're back to playing now as the band like in person you know but like at the be- beginning of it like i sent uh brian our drummer a bunch of the sessions cuz he also has pro tools and i basically mm-hmm. just like you know here's here's the session and he was like okay cool i'm playing drums to it cuz he was like he recorded drums like you know probably or a year and a half ago uh on a song and he's like oh i actually play it better and something different can i re-record it i'm like sure do you want to get together he's like no just send it to me and i'm like cool i sent it to him you know, I sent him the whole session and he's like, cool, recorded it in a day off that he had and then sent it back to me. I'm like, damn, <laughs> that's how easy it is. Yeah. Because he is also, you know, an engineer and, you know, Pro Tools and he's got the whole, like, he's got a, I mean, it's still fucking kicks. It's a Digio 3. And then he set up his mics and he, you know, got that going. And Man, I started off on a Digio 3. Those are great. Yeah. I mean, I started, I, I started off and I still have it, the Mbox too. <laughs> Yeah, I still have my uh, my main one, which like, like I started off in Cubase Nuendo like back in the day, and then I found like a Personas release Studio One version one, and I've just been addicted. I'm a total Personas fanboy, and uh, I have and still have a Fire Studio Tube, and that's a ten preamp. Uh, fire wire interface and I just have that at my girlfriend's now where when I go to my girlfriend's in Sacramento yeah. I have a little like Amazon like little like it looks like a little rubber kid drum pad but it 
plugs in and goes to MIDI. Yeah. So I use that to bang out the drums in the Easy Drummer. Yeah. Left, right, guitar, bass. Then I use my Rode NT1A with pop filter directly into the tube preamp. And boom, I've got a whole song. And like, I whether I'm at her place or I'm inside my van, like I can get a song out instantly. Yeah. And like, that's an amazing, amazing thing to have. But like, even on equipment from 2008 it still plugs right into a laptop with firewire and works instantly and like you said with your bandmate like you don't even have to like set up drum mics just move the midi patches around and like once you lay out the midi how you like then record it live and then you're done yeah and then he's you know getting you know eight solid you know waves from his uh you know his interface and DAW, and he sends them back to me, and I'm like, "Oh, cool! This is awesome! This is now the new drum take." And um, it's it's so easy nowadays. And even like co- you know the collaborative you know efforts that you guys you know you, that I'm like use guys, even the collaborative efforts <laughs> <laughs> that you've done with your friend in Maine from Maine, <laughs> California yeah. to Maine, you just send them over drive, and you can record a fucking song. People are like. Like any barriers that people have to creativity, that's like a testament. Like, no, you are the barrier, you know? Yeah. And like, it's, it's been really not like as a little, uh, more backstory on myself. Like I, I was like a pot smoker for quite a long time. And in the last, like 15 days ago, I committed myself to a year of sobriety and like, Ever since then, like, I'm one of those people where, like, when I smoke, like, I just don't have any creativity whatsoever. It just completely numbs me. And, like, ever since then, Brandon and I have been, like, back and forth, back and forth, write a song a day, like, oh, no, that's not good. Like, and we're both also at the point where we're adults and we no longer have that, like, chip on the shoulder adolescent ego where, like... If, if the song sucks, just tell me I wrote a shittier version of Twinkle Little Star. Yeah. Like, just say it, <laughs> say it to my face. And then, like, cool, we're going to dump that one. And, like, I wrote a song yesterday, and he's like, he's like, you're just telling me what happens. He's like, you need to paint the picture. He's like, he's like, he said that uh, he's heard an analogy of, like, some supporters of this one um, uh, person who's, like, super toxic. He said this artist compared it to um, snails being um, attracted to salt (laughs) and like great analogy. And he's like, you need to use something like that to be able to paint the picture really well. And like, that's like you said, he's in freaking Maine and he's like at the news station producing like tonight, like in this news and then, and he's just emailing me that back later. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's like, even just to say like, uh, from doing the podcast, I realized, like, I mean, not realized. From doing the podcast, I found that a lot of friends, and from doing, you know, like all over, all over the U.S. and the world, that I'm like, I message all the time, I ask questions, da 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 da, da and some of these people I've never even met before, <laughs> and that's yeah. how great this is. I'm like, dude, I've like got you know buddies uh, from the Just Surprise Me podcast. One's in Nashville, the others in Florida, and the other guy, he's in San Diego. So I met him. And um, we talk. I talk to him all the time. But I, the other guys, I'm like, oh, I love their podcast. They're fun. And then uh, I've actually never met the other two guys. I've only ever listened to their podcast, and I messaged them on fucking Facebook. And I'm like, I know them. I feel like, but I've never met them. <laughs> That's freaking amazing. And I'm like, yeah, it's- apparently one of the guys is really fucking tall, and the other one's like not that tall. And I'm like, 
oh, you know what? I've never sized these people up. And I think people are the same way with me. They're like, oh, yeah, Brian, he's probably like really, really short. Because in comparison to Kyle, they assume that I'm like, you know, five foot six or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they see me like, wow, you're like 5'11? I didn't think you were that tall. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like when you, uh, like, have you ever seen like the behind the scenes on like some kind of animated film and you see the voice actor and you go, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Dude, that is I mean, not who I thought that would be. You're talking to me. I, I love anime. So I watch that shit all the time. I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, I didn't think she would sound like that. I didn't think he would sound like that. You know, the same thing. <laughs> Dude, since you're like, since we're both really into mixing and all that, you should check out the documentary. Um, I I know that voice. Have you seen that? I have not, no. It's great. It's made by the guy who plays uh Bender on Futurama <laughs> and it's it's all about like voice acting and oh, like Oh dude, how, that's like, awesome. <laughs> it's really cool cuz like I can't remember the name of the guy who created um Bugs Bunny and like Elmer Fudd and all that, but the guy who did the voice acting for it, there's one episode where Bugs Bunny is impersonating Daffy Duck, and Daffy Duck is impersonating Bugs Bunny, but he's doing both voices at the same time, oh, so shit. he has to do the voice of a voice. Like, how brilliant! And, like, <laughs> to, like, learn all that history and how, like, there's people, like, who have been doing voice acting for years, and it's the one industry where, like, people are like, oh, I know my voice isn't great for that, but you should recommend this person compared to, like, the cutthroat of Hollywood. Yeah where, like, people are at each other's throats for whatever gig they can get, but, like, they're literally suggesting each other because, like, you don't have that sense of fame. Your voice is all people hear. They wouldn't be able to recognize you on the street. You don't know who's playing freaking Batman in the Channel 7 cartoon in the morning. You have no idea. Yeah. And then, uh, fuck, maybe we, we just go off the rails here. I was going to go run down more of your gear that you're using to record. Uh, because you're, we, you're, uh, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. But, uh, what's, uh, what's the interface? What are the mics that you have in your arsenal? Cause I know you're so in got... a, you're in a van, so you're in a small space, but you're also recording drums in that space. <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Tama cocktail mini, but it's a 14 inch kick, 12 inch, uh, floor Tom. Uh, eight inch rack and ten inch snare, and it all folds into itself God. like a Russian nesting doll. That's fucking sick. So, <laughs> it, like literally the kick drum, like you know, like maybe like a small jazz like sixteen inch kick drum, yeah. like inside a padded bag. Mm-hmm. That's how much the entire drum set takes up, and it's like sitting on my passenger seat right yeah, now. Yeah, and you can fold it up into itself. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and like. I'll send you a video where, like, I've tracked, like, a couple songs in here, and, like, it doesn't sound great because it's a freaking van. I mean, the van's literally, I think it's, like, five feet wide by four and three quarter foot tall by 12 feet, or maybe, like, 16 or 18 feet long or something like that. So, like, it's literally a glorified coffin in here, (laughs) and... um. But I've got the Quantum 2626, which I had that fire studio forever. But, like, I like getting something with Firewire nowadays is just so hard. And I needed to have a small computer. So I have an Intel uh, 8i7 NUC, which is the size of, like, an old Netgear router. Yeah. And 
that has Thunderbolt on it. So I saw the Quantum 2626 and it has like less than a millisecond delay. So you can like put plugins okay, on it shit, and literally damn. like, yeah. Yeah. So like I'm literally going into Empire, which is Personas's like built in uh, guitar amp emulator. Uh-huh. And it feels like a real amp. It doesn't have that spongy delay to it. Damn. Okay, cool. Yeah. So just running direct everything and then uh, yeah. your drums. Yeah. In that. Like I saw you record in the the van. I'm like, dude, <laughs> it's yeah. it, it sounded good too. And the thing is, thank you. It, it, the thing is too. I'm like, I know. Don't hate me for this, but you can always sound replace kick and snare. So uh, I, I, I know love the I mean, challenge of it. I, 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 I like trust me. I know like samples are all the thing right now, but like the I love the challenge of having to actually make it sound good using acoustic drums yeah like and there there's such an art to it where like i feel like that's something that's going away and one area that i would really like to get into is sound design and sound design for making samples mm-hmm. so if you're making the samples you gotta have like your shit down yeah when it comes to mixing and like tracking a snare knowing what mic to use how much preamp saturation how to tune a snare how to give it more snap and all that i just that that to me is super super challenging yeah and that's why i like it yeah it's definitely like uh even like creating an impulse response you have to like have the mics have the position have the room have you yep. know, the cab and speakers and all that shit too and you gotta have and like <clears throat> it could sound great one day and then not great the next day because maybe the tubes got half an hour to warm up. Maybe they got 45. Maybe the speaker moved around bunch oh. and the speaker is getting a little bit more air from being used for half an hour. Maybe you got the impulse response right off the bat. Maybe it was an inch off. Maybe it was off axis. Maybe the cable was longer yeah. or shorter. Maybe, like <laughs> every everything, everything. I mean, you're, you're speaking to me and I'm like, dude, 100%. Because even... <laughs> Like talking about um like guitar and drums and recording and stuff like that. I had like a um a friend. She was asking about drums and stuff like that. And she, like a, our drummer at the time said like, oh yeah, no, cymbals will sound different every single time you play them. It's like what? How do yeah. you even? Why do you what? <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah. yeah. The more you break the cymbal down, it'll like reflects and change and da da da. I mean, it's like Jesus Christ. And then yeah, I'm like, yeah, give you- strings will sound different too and speakers. And she's like, fuck, that's so stupid. I'm like, she's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, she's no, right. It's frustrating as all hell because like you could leave all your drums set up in the exact same way and like literally padlock the door. And like, let's say you could even freeze the air molecules inside the room. And then like you come in and, and like even moment to moment, a second later, the whole take's going to sound different. Yeah. <laughs> how 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 warm were the wood of the freaking drumsticks so they flex more like good lord you could go so far into like uh, the depth of it I, like to give you an idea of how rain man i've gone inside my freaking van i figured out that my lighting in here which i put in is led lights yeah. and leds can only take a constant voltage so to dim leds you need to have a dimmer switch that creates pulse width modulation, which basically means it turns on and off within milliseconds really quickly where eyes our eyes can't perceive that the light's being turned on and off. So something turning on and off quickly, well, that's a square wave, just like a synthesizer. 
So when I turn on my dimmer switch and move it up and down with my Telecaster <laughs> on, I can hear the frequency that my dimmer switch is making. So I had to rewire my freaking LED lights to a hard-on switch so it's sending straight DC and not a pulse-width modulation signal. There you go. And you have to do that when you're on your own and in a small space to where you're really relying on every single mic to do their job. Yeah, and I was like, what is that freaking noise? Like, freaking, and then I moved my dimmer switch once and my guitar was on and I heard, <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, it's the dimmer switch. There you go. Son uh, of a bitch. Hell yeah. So I was recording in the dark for a while just so <laughs> I didn't get interference. You're just like, it's all pitch black. And you're like, I don't even know. Am I am I awake right now? <laughs> but but it's clean. There, it's clean. there you go. <laughs> hell yeah. All right, well. I mean, this has, uh, you know, been a lot of fun just catching up. Hopefully the listeners dig it as much as I do. <laughs> but uh, before we head on out of here, Aaron, where can people find out more about you? Where can they follow you? Where's the links? What? Give me, give me the plugs, baby. <laughs> okay. So if you go to Facebook, just search A-A-R-O-N-R-E-C-I-N-E. I'm the only one on there and then instagram.com forward slash a-a-r-o-n-r-e-c-i-n-e right now i'm due to finish my recording course in december uh maybe january february because i have to start from the beginning i started the course late but like if you have stems that you want me to mix send me your stems if you want a full band recording in the bay area I'll drive out to you for the cost of gas money yeah. and like a little bit of food. Like I'm so green at this point with all my new information, anything I can get a hand on, like podcast, mixing and mastering, bands, like electronic instruments, anything that you have that I can just play with, with a compressor, EQ, reverb, anything like free or like nearly free. Yeah. That's pretty much what I'm offering right now. Totally. And then, um, you know, I'll, I'm going to send you an invite to the group. You can search him in the group and he's going to be in the Facebook group for Tone Jerks. And then I'll link his, uh, Instagram in the description. And then, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty sick. So, thanks so much for doing it. I literally, it was probably four hours ago. I hit you up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, this has been an absolute blast. Like I had no idea how this would go, but this has been like, like a total, like a total boost. Like what a f- freaking joy to be able to have a podcast from a van in redwood city all the way to you <laughs> yeah like, just, this is amazing just like i'm like yeah we're like pretty much a state away but we're in the same state but um yeah i'll link all that shit check out aaron and then um we're gonna actually carry this conversation onto the patreon so go check out patreon.com and uh you know you can you know for two bucks a month you can listen to bonus shit this is gonna be a bonus bonus so go check out that uh aaron thank you so much No problem. Anytime, bud. Cool. I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.